Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. It's Sunday while we're Happy recording. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. It's a beautiful day. Oh, it's horrible here. It's oh. so rainy. Oh, it's like sunny and there's like a light breeze trickling through the trees. Trickling is the wrong term to use there, but you know, they're like lightly fluttering outside of my window. I'm sorry you are having a bad experience. You know, uh, I don't really mind so much, but from my windows, I can see everyone running the Jersey City Marathon <laughs> today, and oh, I feel shoot. sad for those people, although yeah, that's it's not pouring, so they should be fine. If it's That could be slightly nice if it's hot, you know? Yeah, that's what Matt said bit. too, but I don't. if it's too rainy and it's, the clothes start to stick to you, that's, yeah, that's not, not fun. ideal. I wouldn't enjoy that. I hope it ends for them soon. I felt like hopping in and running with them, part of me, but then I realized it was raining. Also, I'm pretty sure you can can't you do, do that? that. Do you think yeah. someone will yell at you if you don't have a bib? I've never thought about I it before, but it's literally right outside my door. I think so. I think some people will like jump on and run for a little bit with friends or like pacers. I don't know how, how okay that is, but rather yeah, than running know. the entire thing. Well, I certainly we- wasn't about to run 13 or 26 miles. I was about to say, are you ready for that? A few. No, I just was like, oh, I'll go for my morning run today. And then I was like, I'll join them. I haven't run yet. It's, what, 11 a.m. and I'm still in my pajamas, essentially. We're in the same boat. I have a long run scheduled for today and it was maybe supposed to leave before this, but but I'm going later. So it is How many miles are you doing? I have to do nine today. Yeah. Exciting. So I'm glad that it's nice out here. But anyhow, then after... I run. I can make myself a big bowl slash plate slash whatever of food I want because I will be hungry and watch more TV. And I feel like that is a weird but wonderful adequate segue. adequate segue to wait. What's on your docket for today? Because we're today we're going to talk about shows we've been watching. But I want to hear what's what's up next for you before we jump into what we've been. So it a little bit depends. Um, we have a friend staying with us right now, and there were a couple of things mentioned that I've recommended. And so it might be a situation where I'm rewatching something that I've already watched because I want a new person to watch it. We actually did watch some of um, What I Lie to You, one of those British panel shows that I talked about last night, and it was a hit. So anyone who was curious, it has not failed me yet. Everyone I show the show to likes. Um, but if I'm smug because not smug. liked it. <laughs> no, no. This is, no, these are the kind of shows that I no, definitely don't feel smug about. Definitely just want like the world to feel the joy. It's very Great British Bake Off type of show. Like I just want everyone to know that this exists in case they need a rainy day. I just need to watch something that'll make me feel nice. You can only watch it on YouTube, right? Or is it on a streaming service? They're all of the different shows are like kind of scattered. Um, They're like BritBox has some of them. If you have BBC the ability to watch, yeah, or Channel 4, stuff like that. But you can find a lot of them for free, the entire episode on YouTube. Yeah. But if it is just me, I might try to finish a few shows that I've started or at least like make my way through a little bit more. So I um, I'm almost – I think I'm one episode behind on Maisel, on Marvelous Miss Maisel. So I might do that if it's, if it's just me by myself. How's the new season? I'm actually liking it a lot. I will admit something. I feel like this is a little sacrilegious. I didn't finish watching the season previous to this before I started watching the latest season. It's season five now. So you, yeah, I didn't finish watching. You never four. went back to season four. Like I you meant ne- to. You just still haven't. I 
I no. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with an excuse, but I was like, Mm-mm, no, I didn't. Because it doesn't feel like I need – I figured I would get the context for the relationship dynamics that I needed. If I – yeah, I I will I will try before I you know do any serious recommend. Well, I can't speak any serious recommending. Like I know people care about how seasons flow into one another, how the you know narrative arc expands. But so far, I am liking season five much better than I liked season four. I re- I mean, I stopped watching season four. I got bored. I didn't think it was worth it. I, there were other things to watch, but I'm excited to watch the new episodes. I don't know what it is. Maybe I've just let it sit for a long enough time. Like maybe if I return to season four, I would like it too. But I'm finding that I hope this, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. The very, very first episode starts as um, a jump forward in time. And you're seeing Mrs. Maisel's, uh, Midge Maisel's daughter in therapy. And like, <laughs> there's like a, it's the same, you know, Amy Sherman Palladino Dan, is that his name? Paladino, her husband or whatever. The same quick talking. It feels a little bit closer to Gilmore Girls in the style that the people are talking because it's closer to modern day. And then it shifts back to the Midge Maisel time. I think now the 60s, late 60s. Anyway, that caught me. That hooked me in. And then the rest of the episode so far, yeah, really enjoying. I don't want to give too much away. You haven't seen it all. I haven't seen it ever. I've never watched a single episode of it. Dang. That's one yeah. of those shows that it's gotten to a point where there are too many episodes out and I know I missed it and I should have seen it based on like proclaiming myself a TV watcher. Like that is a that's one of these shows that I should have seen and never did. And now there's just too many episodes. It's bad I enough like- that I'm going back and watching like Succession and Barry, which were both <laughs> at the top of my list of shows that I missed out on. But then this one also. Yeah. Oh. I bet – I mean, if if there's ever a time, someday you'll be sick and it'll be a time that you need to binge through shows and for whatever reason, you don't want to watch any of the upcoming shows on your list. There's and maybe, always new shows. I know. I'm constantly well, thinking that. And then there's new – like right now, there's three shows that I got sent like early versions of that I'm like, these all come out next week and I haven't even started them and <laughs> just feeling constantly stressed. Yeah. I, I feel like – some of them might be shows to watch with Matt, maybe, like older shows. I know, I mean, this is a way throwback, but Carter and I watched um, the first season of The X-Files, and we'll probably continue that hmm. once fall rolls around again, do the next season. That sounds fun. Um, but that is, yeah, also an undertaking. There are so many freaking episodes. Yeah. That's it seems a little bit like – In a whole league of its own. I do need to go back and watch it, though. Also, I heard season four was not good. I haven't seen it, obviously, but of from people I've heard that that yeah of Maisel that it wasn't very good, and I'm I hearing mean, much better things about season five. Yeah, I've sort of blocked it out. I really don't remember why I stopped watching. What was happening when I stopped watching? But I just remember not not being into it. So yeah. the general vibes, yeah, we're off. <laughs> now I'm having a good time again. It's nice that they, I don't know, they got their shit together. Yeah. For the final season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you been watching? Uh, I mean, hopefully that this doesn't stress you out <laughs> to talk about. No, it's – there's been a bunch of new-ish stuff. They – Peacock sent me Mrs. Davis early. Oh, but the, yeah. The first four episodes came out for everyone a couple days ago. Uh, and I'm on episode five, I think, of because they sent me the season. But 
I actually really like it. Okay. I couldn't tell by your face what was going to happen. I am it's <laughs> it's such a weird show that it's it's hard it's, for me to just blanket recommend it. But mm. what I and so the log line is there's a nun who wants to destroy the world's most powerful AI. Like what a bizarre description for a show. Like what do you what do you think that's about? Do you like it just doesn't really make you think anything other than hey, yeah, that like- sounds weird. <laughs> All I can picture is Jodie Comer's face. That's who's in it, right? On it's the- Betty Gilpin. Oh, does it look exactly like Jodie Comer? Um, maybe it's a it's a weird stylized, like photoshopped looking picture. If you're thinking of the one on the motorcycle, so I could see how I maybe, am. Maybe you thought wow. it was someone else. Also, she's in a never... habit, so her like hair is all pulled back and stuff. Wild. Yeah, I, um... Betty Gilpin's so good in it. That's good to know. I feel duped. I hadn't actually read anything about the show because I knew you were going to talk about it. And I figured like, ah, that's, I don't have the brain capacity to, I'm just going to leave that and we'll talk about it on the podcast slash Jess will tell me about it. Um, But every single time I've seen, I feel like it's been pretty heavily in display advertising, just like on random websites and things like that. And I keep seeing, yeah, the nun on the motorcycle thought it was Jodie Comer every time. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't think to look it up. It is Betty Gilpin and... The show is created by Lost creator Damon Lindelof. If that hadn't been the case, I don't know that I would have had any interest in this. It just sounds so bizarre. But I was like, well, I got to watch a show that was created by Damon Lindelof. And that has to be the reason it was greenlit in the first place. Like this premise is so wacko. Not like a normal person, a person who hadn't done Lost couldn't go up to a studio and be like, yep, we're going to make this show. Or, or have that be greenlit by Peacock. But yeah, so he, clearly he can do whatever he wants. And it paid off here, I think. I think. There will be people that don't like it. It's very it's very odd. I can think you give any comps? For, mm, no, not really. I think that's what I like about it, though. Like, that's why I want to recommend it to people is because I've never seen a show quite like it. It's hmm. one of the most original things I've ever seen. And sometimes that's not necessarily a great thing because uh, it just means they're like throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. It is a genre blend. There's okay. weird stylized elements that are like almost 80s and 90s feeling. There's Western elements, like Western action movie elements. There's sort of this religious cynicism but not actually i don't even want to call it cynicism there is obviously a religious exploration but it's done in a very open-minded way that i find very interesting and well done i think some people might be put off by religion yeah like there's this there's this like thought that underlines the whole show that's just very very genuine exploration of like what it means to be faithful and putting your faith in something or someone, whether that be a religious entity, whether that be an AI system that's sort of in that role Mm -hmm. in the show of like a religious entity. And by sort of juxtaposing traditional religion with um, faith in a higher power of technology, it, it makes you, Think, yeah, I guess it's it's just sort of like a philosophical question. It makes you think about why why we look for something to guide us and and what we choose to be guided by. But yeah, it's not in a heavy-handed way, and it's it's not. I don't think there's an opinion. There's not a point of view that's being shoved down my throat. It's doing it in a very 
un yeah non cynical way. I want to take back cool. that I said cynical at all. It's really not. <laughs> uh, and I like that about the show. I think it's really remarkable that they've pulled that off. But more than that, it's just a very unpredictable, weird show. And so it's just like escapist TV, I think. And it's just cool. It's just different. Nice. That sounds good. I would I, – I mean, uh, getting Peacock is on, on my to-do list. You know, there are, there are enough things. There's good stuff on Peacock. I'm a big I, broken record. It's bro. Yeah. I have not been doubting you. It's just I know. It's I time. need to sit it's down. Time. Yeah, I just need to sit down and like have all. This is a non-TV. Real quick aside, I want to <laughs> make this is my Type A personality coming out. Um, like a slide deck or <laughs> a um like master spreadsheet. I sort of have disparate spreadsheets of all of my life admin stuff, including all of my subscriptions in one place so that I can see like how much I'm spending on each and then sort of gauge how much value am I getting out of, you know, say Netflix or Peacock or whatever, because I think I have this knee jerk of like, I have enough streaming services the way that it is now. Like Jess can cover the ones that I don't have. I can cover that like, you know, but that doesn't seem sustainable for the future. Anyway, I'm my plan for next weekend is to list everything and then figure out what's worth it. And then maybe I will write a weird double take style blog about what streaming services are worth their money. <laughs> That's probably a good exercise to do. Yeah. I don't even know how much – I mean, to be fair, I still use someone else's Netflix, so I don't know how much that is. I know. I, when I think I'm, it's gotten expensive. Yeah, like I know. It's like $16. HBO Max is also like 15 bucks. But I can never get rid of her. I think we have it through another, like a cable mm. attachment or something. Anyway, Peacock sorry, was is a- cheap. Peacock's like five bucks with ads, which yeah. sometimes is annoying. But a lot of the shows, like they'll just put one ad at the beginning or something. And yeah, I don't know. They're really starting to put out good content. I also really like it because they put out movies. They have mm. the rights to like a good number of movies that are recently in theaters, and then they go on to Peacock as their first like streaming service debut. Only oh, like yeah. a I month or of, two after they're in theaters. Yeah, I think of that as an HBO thing to do, but that's cool too. Yeah, Peacock's been killing it with that. They have Cocaine Bear, which only came out like a couple months ago. They have Knock at the Cabin, the M. Night Shyamalan movie that was only in theaters a couple months ago. I watched The Black Phone right after it came out. Sick. Lots of scary movies now that I'm listing them. I don't know why <laughs> like, Those don't niche. sound like my Like <laughs> I love them, but yeah, they're ones I have to watch by myself because Matt's never interested in watching horror movies, hmm. but – Cocaine Bear, maybe, maybe we'll watch. And that's Carrie Russell in it. Cute. I but yeah, that's a that's a peacock win. Mrs. Davis is it's it's so interesting because I don't know if it'll make it on my top ten of the year list. But, but you're glad you watched it. It sounds I, like yeah, I'm just thrilled by having something so original mm. to watch because sometimes when I watch, I don't know, like I watched The Night Agent. I don't even know if mm. I've talked about this yet on this podcast i think i did and i just found it so derivative of every Mm -hmm. political drama i've ever seen and i yeah i can't even i don't know what i would even compare mrs davis to i'll think about it but nothing comes to mind (laughs) yeah i mean it's just it's a very unique tone but it's taking itself seriously enough that it's not like you can't write it off as just like an absurdist or like a satire Mm. show and I like it. I hope you watch it. Then we can talk about it more. Cool. Yeah. Put it on my list. What else for you? 
Uh, we had already talked about, we can briefly touch. I also watched Wellmania, which I think you talked about in a couple of podcasts back. The Australian show about um, a food writer that kind of is faced with the fact that she's been accelerating her path toward, I don't know, maybe a health emergency. And she uh, winds up back in Australia and has to get her, I don't know, has to get her health and her life sort of in order before she can move on with her life back in New York. And it's a comedy. It sounds serious when I say it like that. But yeah, I I found it light and pretty enjoyable to watch. I give it a, a solid rating, I guess. I don't know, C, <laughs> C plus. Yeah, maybe C. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it was fine. I don't know. The more I watched it, the more I was like, I don't know that I'm interested in this anymore. I liked it's- this, the humor, but I've lost interest. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a background show. I think I watched the majority of it while I was doing other things. And yeah, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, so yeah, Will Mania, easy. I, yeah, it's not groundbreaking. Um, Netflix, I, watched, I don't know if you said that. It's I didn't, Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And Marvelous Ms. Maisel on Prime Video, which I also didn't say. Um, Tiny Beautiful Things, you also talked about. Did we talk about that? I highly watched one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Have you watched more since? No, I've still only seen the first episode. Oh, okay. I have seen the first four episodes, I want to say. Hulu. Maybe five. On Hulu. Yep. Hulu. Um, <laughs> Just throwing that in there. <laughs> so you've seen most of it, right? Aren't there only – there's eight? Yeah. Oh, no, so you've seen it, half. I've seen – yeah, I've seen half. Yeah, I like it. It's a little bit – it's one of those things where um, it's definitely – a little schmaltzy is the wrong word, but definitely emotional. It doesn't it doesn't lean too much into schmaltzy, but I have to be in a mood where I'm okay watching someone, you know, dig through emotions. And it's funny. There are moments of brevity, a lot of light moments, um, but it's not like I don't gravitate toward it for an easy watch. And also, it's interesting, but it's not gripping. I don't know how else to to say it. But I will I will be watching more. It's just I. I need to give it a little time. Yeah, that's fair. I've, when I watched the first episode, I was like surprised how I thought it was going to be super over sentimental right. and like trying to make you cry. I thought it clearly was. It's like a heavy, there are heavy topics. It's going to make you emotional. But Captain Han brings this humorous levity to it that I liked a lot. Yeah, I guess it's not gripping enough for me to have gone back to it, but I also have just had so much to watch. Yes, yeah, it's. A I'll go back. A, yeah, side casualty. Uh, I totally agree. It's not um, – it's not too – that's why I, I take back saying schmaltzy. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's a bummer. You know, like just seeing people struggle or even in, in their past they've struggled or like continue making bad decisions because it's what they think is right or whatever. It's just like not always the most fun to watch. So I, uh, I just need – to come back to that in a time where maybe like on a rainy day or, you know, when I really don't want to fold my laundry but need something to do in the background while I do that. Yeah. What else have you been watching? Hmm. I reviewed this in the newsletter last week, but Dead Ringers on Prime hmm. Video. Prime sent me that early. It came out Friday, so like a couple of days ago, I believe. But all six episodes dropped and I watched all six episodes like in a day last weekend. Like I started it because I was like, oh, I guess I should watch this before it comes out so that I can review it. 
and I couldn't stop watching it. It was and they're hour long episodes, which for me it's like oh, wow. normally it's you know a struggle to get through six episodes mm-hmm. of an hour long, especially in one sitting. It might have been two sittings, but I loved it. I loved it. It's it stars Rachel Vice. Uh, it's on Prime Video. It stars Rachel Vice as twin gynecologists. It's a remake or a reimagining or whatever you want to call it of the '88 movie of the same name, which is a David Cronenberg movie, and he's known mm-hmm. for. So he does body horror is sort of like the genre that he's been attributed to. Yeah, ugh, is right. And I was a little nervous and didn't really know what to expect going into the show. And I will say it's extremely graphic, like mm. major content warning for blood, childbirth, very realistic scenes of childbirth, miscarriage, like all the content warnings. So look up content warnings before you watch the show, please as a general warning. But and I'm squeamish as hell. Like I had to watch a lot of it through my fingers. I just like I can't watch blood. I can't even watch Grey's Anatomy. So the, the childbirth scenes, etc., were really, really rough for me. But it's not the majority of the show. There's a couple of episodes that are heavy with it. Yeah, but you can definitely watch the show if you're squeamish, just be warned. But anyways, okay. so it's about yeah, twin gynecologists who their goal is to open this like revolutionary birthing center. They want to push the boundaries of women's health care, medical ethics. They don't really care about those. So it's this it's this interesting story that gets really weird and ends up being almost like a fever dream at times. It's a it's a very chaotic, twisted, campy at times, just really over the top bizarre at times show. That's like it's hard to really describe it because it's at times the plot doesn't really matter as much as just like pure bizarre vibes, which I love. That's so up my did, alley. Did you watch Ratchet? No, I didn't. I saw a few episodes um, back a few years back. My roommates were watching it, and I wound up sitting in. And I don't know that much about um, Dead Ringers. But it sounds like that's the vibe that I'm picturing. Ratchet seemed similar. I mean, it's also set in a hospital. Like <laughs> I feel like that's mainly the the parallel that I'm drawing. But it's like, yeah, a little um, horror esque, and I don't know. I guess in case you can't can't confirm or deny that that is a good cop, but um, cannot. I I don't think I would watch the entire Ratchet unless I was sort of coerced, and that's I don't know. Would you recommend that I, someone who, like, you know, I don't think that you should watch this. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't really think so. It's not a show that I'd recommend to everyone. I think it's very, uh, it's, it's so weird. And I, I wish I could think of something off the top of my head to compare it to, but I like, I like elements of horror. I mean, I, I like straight up horror movies. This isn't that, but there are elements of, horror and like I said twisted and weird and dark Mm. really dark themes and it's not a happy show it's Mm. it's grim and freaky like that's (laughs) like I like that sort of thing but Mm. I know a lot of people don't and I know you that's not really uh, for you I would say (laughs) depends I can get grim and freaky but uh maybe not (laughs) maybe not right now yeah it's it's like weirdly 
upbeat at times though too, even though it's very dark. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes it for me is that sort of odd juxtaposition. Like Rachel Vice is so just mesmerizing to watch. Yeah. I mean, maybe watch a few minutes of it just for her because she's incredible in this, Mm -hmm. like in the dual role. And I mean, I think she should be nominated for awards. I guess we'll see if it gets that credit, but she's so good. And she has this very energetic, frenetic at times, uh, vibe to her and to the character and to the performance. And I think that's what sort of keeps it upbeat, even when it's just like a downward spiral into madness. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I'll let you know if I watch it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. I hope people watch it. I feel like some of my friends are going to watch it and then be like, what's wrong with you? But that's fine. <laughs> Who hurt you? It's I Yeah, it's demented, really. The show that I've been watching recently sounds very different. It's called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. <laughs> is that really a show? What is that? <laughs> it is, yeah. It actually is kind of old. Um, I started watching it because I was watching Well Mania and we had just watched Class of 07 and it reminded me of Please Like Me, which I definitely have mentioned. All of these are Australian comedies and I can't find Please Like Me anywhere which is hurting me because I want everyone to watch it. So uh, I'm going to figure out – I'm going to I'm gonna email people. I'm going to see if I can get – Use your connections. <laughs> streaming services. Yeah, to, uh, to put it back on. I don't know who owns the rights right now, so maybe I'll have to do a little sleuthing first. But everything is going to be okay. No, sorry. That's way too – it's everything's going to be okay. That's how it's spelled. Is the same um, Australian comic stars in – that show as does in Please Like Me, which is just like an all-time favorite for me. It um the Josh Thomas. This is on Hulu. Everything's gonna be on okay is on Hulu and it's um 20 to 30 minute episodes. It starts, it's an Australian comedy, but a lot of the characters are American because Josh Thomas plays kind of himself in the in Please Like Me and in this, he plays a neurotic gay, you know, young adult man who is trying to deal with the like hardships of being young and also of just like random family drama in everything's going to be okay. It's a little bit of a dramatic start. His half sisters are left orphans because his dad has pancreatic cancer and he winds up being named their legal guardian. And so there are these two like teenage girls that he then has to deal with raising essentially it's lighthearted but clearly there are some you know there's grief there's there's all of that and josh thomas does that really well so far i'm enjoying it it's definitely not anywhere on par with please like me in my opinion but i really like at least seeing like josh thomas and his humor and his style so i'm glad for this show if it just lets me experience that like a shadow of what i would really like to be doing, which is rewatching Please Like Me. But this feels more productive because I'm not just rewatching a show I already know I like. Um, one Where thing I will say is, it? is- Where do you watch it? Hulu. Do, oh, you might have said that. Okay. But one thing I will mention is I've only seen a couple episodes. The two teen girls and some of, some of the acting feels a little like just trying to get out of Disney Channel or like- um, uh, ABC family, I guess, a little bit. It's not quite, it's not that bad, but it's sort of like they're they're young. They're really young actors. They're trying to find, you know, the style. And Josh Thomas does so well at being 
authentically himself, even when he's acting. And it feels like a real person, even though it's heightened. And I don't know that all of these characters have found that yet, especially I really did not like the actor who played the dad. Thankfully, I mean, this is sad. He's only around for one episode because he dies of pancreatic cancer, uh, which is a horrible thing to say about a real person, but because it's just a fake person. It's a character. Yeah. The character. character. (laughs) Just to be clear. The character. Yeah. I did not think he had the right delivery for a Josh Thomas comedy, but it is fun. Like it's if you if you need a comedy and you need something kind of heartwarming and you, you would like to watch Please Like Me but can't find it, this is maybe an okay thing to sate your your palate. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, but I've never heard of it I, before. Yeah, I again, I've only seen a couple of episodes. It only has two seasons. It came out I think originally in 2020. Um I don't know if oh yeah, it was canceled. It was canceled after two seasons. So it's not that much to watch if you do feel like checking it out, but um, I don't know. It's de- it's definitely not highly, super highly rated, but I am enjoying it. Perhaps. I feel like I've got enough on my list that I probably won't watch that. Although, yeah, I don't know, I, if it's well, a background show, maybe. I would never – yeah. I, if I have like a certain number of tokens of shows that I can – insist you watch like I feel like I used one of them on Dairy Girls <laughs> I would use another on Please Like Me like the I don't want you to use Everything's Gonna Be Okay as one of my token shows that I okay yeah that makes sense maybe they'll put yeah. Please Like Me back somewhere fingers crossed I have been also watching The Diplomat on Netflix which I also reviewed in the newsletter so people who mm-hmm. love us and read the newsletter also <laughs> will have already seen that I quite liked it it's better than I expected because I'm not a huge political drama fan. Mm-hmm. And so The Diplomat is a political drama starring Carrie Russell. She's an ambassador who gets positioned at the embassy in the UK after this global incident. And she's very smart, experienced, wants to be in the thick of turmoil, not in the like fluffy position of UK ambassador that's normally given to like people who are, I don't know, sort of wealthy, but don't need to do it's like anything. a luxury role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's, so she's like mad. So that's like sort of how the show starts. I'm not giving anything away. She is too smart to be there sort of is, is the vibe she does. She's not interested in shaking hands and kissing babies. And what really makes the show work for me is that it's also a, it's like a, it's a, it's a drama drama. It's not just political drama. And the showrunner, Deborah Khan, also worked on Grey's Anatomy in addition to Homeland and The West Wing. And it does sort of feel like if you mashed all three of those shows up together, which is such an interesting combo. It's like – and I guess Scandal was – It's like a, that was a political mm-hmm. drama that was also yeah. a Shonda show. Um, yes. So maybe it's similar to that. I actually didn't see Scandal. But this one feel, – it feels like very – legitimate at times like very oh this is a this is a west wing homeland style political drama and then Mm -hmm. at other times it feels very like shonda rhimes in the in the drama Mm -hmm. between like her and her husband that's sort of the main drama her husband played by rufus sewell 
is also excellent. I don't hate I love that Rufus matchup. Sewell. Yeah, Rufus oh, Sewell too. and Carrie Russell are so dynamic together. Oh, and I didn't even mean that, but I also do love that mashup. I meant I love the like Aaron Sorkin Shonda Rhimes mashup. But yeah, yeah those honestly, those it's a pairs. great mix. It's a cool. I don't know. It's a cool combo. It's fun to watch. It's. I think I dislike political dramas or feel neutral about them at times because it's hard for me to follow very detailed like political storylines. I just I don't have a ton of interest in it, and sometimes they get a little too um, I don't know like they have yeah too many words that I don't know sort of thing. (laughs) Like it just is outside of my wheelhouse. And I think if you watch a lot of political dramas, you sort of get used to all of it. But I don't watch a lot. And there are times where the show loses me in sort of the like closed door meetings about the geopolitical scene. But there's enough other drama that keeps me interested. I mean, I think I might just be waiting for the Rufus Carey scenes and like Mm. tolerating (laughs) the political scenes, which Hmm. makes me sound like I'm too stupid for the political scenes. And I would like to say I'm not, but it's just not my thing. No, but it does make it sound like you should watch more like Shonda Rhyme style <laughs> dramas. Yeah, I probably should watch Scandal. Maybe that's maybe that's what's missing from my life. I did watch How to Get Away with Murder. All of that, that, which I did Even. like. <laughs> yeah. Have we talked about this that I – Got so disappointed by season one that I just didn't even continue. I don't, that was the best season. I don't know how you didn't like that. The I I thought that she swan like the there was potential that was squandered. I didn't like. I think it was a uh, an unfortunate case of me getting in my own way, where I thought that I saw the best way for the plot to unfold, and the fact that it didn't unfold that way, like not that I saw the twists that were coming, but more so that I thought like, I thought I knew the way that the story was going to be told to start to start to unveil those plot twists. Unveil. I'm trying not to give anything away. Unveil. <laughs> <laughs> unveil it. Um, I think I know what you mean, kind of. And they, yeah, and they just like took a different storytelling route that was boring and I got mad. Not boring, Rude. boring because there are so many twists, but do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like so all over the place. <laughs> Boring is not. Yeah, word, it was a little use. bit of a mess. But um, anyway, it's not. It's not prestige TV, but it's fun. It could have been if they followed my vision, Shonda. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're this so is a weird. long time ago. <laughs> it, was, was, it was. It's an old show, but yeah. I feel anyway. like The Diplomat is is less of a Shonda show and more of a political show, but it's it's got a good mix. And it's much better than like 90% of what Netflix has put out in the last year. Honestly, between this and Beef, the last couple of things I watched on Netflix were high-key really good. It seems like they're maybe, yeah, kicking it up a notch. Although they also put out Florida Man, so maybe not. Yeah, I did not watch that. I watched the first episode. I shouldn't have, but I was like, ah, I got to check it out, I guess. I knew I wasn't going to like it. It's not my kind of thing. It's like Outer Banks for adults was my takeaway. Mm. I, th- I might have said that on the last episode. I'm just really – you did, yeah. I'm parroting that. That's my tagline for that show. It should have <laughs> been the tagline for the show is my feeling. Outer Banks for adults. It's rude. It wasn't that bad. I did watch the first three episodes of Beef and I do like it a lot. I get what you're saying. I need – this is another – slow burn is the wrong term, but I, um, I'm going to need like taking breaks in between like you had suggested. It just feels like 
if I'm not in the right mindset, I'm going to, my mind's going to wander or I'm just going to be like annoyed that I'm watching it when I want to be keyed in. Like I want to be watching and knowing what's going on because yeah, love Ali Wong. They're just both of them are everything you said in the last or two podcasts ago. Yeah. The performances are great. I'm, I'm intrigued by the story, but also there are sometimes when I sit down to watch TV and I don't want to feel like stressed or watch people be mad at one another. <laughs> so it's going to take me a few more days to finish it. But yeah, yeah, that's so fair so with that one. I think it's hard to watch in one sitting, but I'm glad you're liking it so far because I really liked it. Yeah, definitely. I think, do you have any other things that you've been watching that you want to talk about? Or do we, I feel like uh, now is the time to talk about Ted Lasso. We've sor- sort of buried the the lead. We were going to talk about the latest episode of Ted Lasso. Yeah, I guess uh, it's good that we talked about it last because people who haven't seen the sixth Ted episode Lasso. of the third season of Ted Lasso yet or have no interest can leave us now. Skip. We'll miss yeah. you. Well, I think, yeah, I think this is the last thing. So yeah, we could talk about it. I... I don't want to talk about it for too long because I'm starting to feel like I've talked myself out of having fun. Mm. I think I've ruined it for myself. It's always a – yeah, it's always a hazard. <laughs> because – yeah, and I don't think it's totally like – I don't think like you convinced me to hate it or anything. I think it's just like I started thinking critically about what was missing and we started talking about it. And then I started to go into it with a negative attitude. And it's blowing my mind how many people loved this episode. Like – said it's the best one of the show oh hmm that yeah that is a strong word i did like this episode better than a lot of the more recent ones i guess i would have to think about whether that wait the whole the best episode of the entire show that's what some tiktok commenters have reported oh people really really i've got to disagree that's that's the thing it was good but it's still suffering from the main issues that we've had which are disjointed plot lines and way too long of an episode yeah it was long my, again my favorite parts like the consistency here is jamie roy that plot great 100 percent the best part if of that, that had episode. been the entire yeah <laughs> just, the entire just a plot him teaching roy how to ride a bike could have been the entire <laughs> episode one hour even like the small i even wrote down little comments like the very first um when roy forces jamie off the the bus everyone else gets a no curfew night and he's like nope gotta and jamie just like takes it in stride and he's like i'm just getting off the coach coach like even that dumb stuff made me smile yeah something about the two of them and the way that their chemistry is still working they can do no wrong um delightful everyone else however oh actually sorry this is another positive thing i was about to be like everyone else can uh, everyone else sucks (laughs) yeah do you mind if i just like run down some quick thoughts sure so a very specific note early on, we've been talking about how some of the um, jokes or some of the like witticisms that are happening are not really doing it for us in the, the latest episodes. I did like the doldrums, the like um, pineapple percussion doldrums play on words. Yeah, that seemed more like classic Ted Lasso. It did. Yeah. It was like subtle. You might have missed it if it were going too quickly, but yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was nice. Um the Higgins red light district plot line was predictable in an okay way, like in a nice way. I didn't I, – I thought the – every time he made a comment about going to the red light district or like he, this is the day he becomes a man and everyone stared for a second and then went, no, was maybe like a little much. But it did feel like more classic Ted Lasso. 
Um, and you knew that he wasn't really going yeah. to see like a strip show or something. But I thought that unfolded okay. I wasn't super mad at that. This is honestly that plot line and then like the Roy Jamie plot line. I could have just watched those and been happy with the episode, like a shorter, just those two. That being said, the Rebecca plot line. Oh, no. No, I take the that being said. I thought the Rebecca plot line was weird. <laughs> well, what was most weird about it was that she's a very intelligent woman, and no intelligent, mature woman th- threatens her life in the way that she did. You don't enter the home, you don't enter the boat home of a random boat stranger home. in a random country. <laughs> You're going to get serial killed, my lady. And I, sorry, I guess maybe it's probably just the women watching this show thinking that, but like it's that was jarring to me, like how unrealistic that was. And I, I watched I, with I'm overthinking it probably. No, I no, I also I felt the same way. I was like, this I can tell it's supposed to be a romantic whatever. Um, I was watching with Carter. I don't think he had the Im- initial like danger zone, <laughs> red light, red light, flashing, don't go in there thing that maybe you and I had, but um. I didn't expect anything like terrible to happen because it's terrible. No, I knew it wasn't going to. I was like mad that it was so unrealistic. But the the worst part was the end. Even Carter Carter multiple times during those scenes turned to me and he was like, "Is he supposed to be creepy? Like he's giving me creepy vibes. Is this supposed to be romantic or are we supposed to be like having some other <laughs> like undertones?" And I was like, "It's absolutely Yeah. A hundred percent supposed to be romantic, but I'm glad you noticed that it's, you know, a little weird. Um, and then the end comment of her asking, like, did we indicating like, did we sleep together? And him lying to her, that's messed up. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. If she doesn't remember what happened? Yeah. You shouldn't have been – it shouldn't have been happening. What the heck? Okay. Yes. I had a lot, lot of last problems with the that. Heck? Mostly just that it wasn't cute and it was scary. No. And also just Rebecca being on her own in an episode where she could have been with the team. She could have been with Ted. Like I get the way yep. they sort of manufactured this. Everyone's on their own. Ted's on his own. Beard's on his own. We don't even see what happens with Beard. And Rebecca's on her own. But I don't know that that added – much to Rebecca's story. Oh, I almost feel like that guy has to come back because otherwise it really seemed too odd. Out of a place. Yeah, and also what makes me think that he might come back is she they do specifically have her look into the child's bedroom and like yeah. takes a moment and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to connect like to her mother mm-hmm. storyline. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. And then I think if it does, I won't I won't be mad. I think it it felt disjointed in this episode. I always like Rebecca scenes, as I've said before, because Hannah Waddingham is a treasure. But yeah, got a little bit of a weird vibe just from the setup of it. And I liked, I liked that guy though. Like that, that actor was fine. Like I, th- I thought if he comes back, okay. I think is my takeaway. Yeah, maybe just try to be a little less creepy in the, there were, in yeah, the screenwriting there were portion of it. Moments written into that that I didn't love, but I think overall it was just like this is fine, if not a little realistic, if not a little unrealistic, but. Yeah, I'm really waiting for Rebecca to have scenes with people again. Mm. Rebecca had big later season Lorelai Gilmore energy in this episode. I don't know what about it. Just like I see that. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I wrote down. Except a little less annoying. A little less annoying. I um okay about the team, their whole arc. 
every person on this team does not seem to like worry about traveling two hours to do something for just a night. They're all like, let's go to Paris. Let's go to this club that's two hours away. Why don't like, why are all of the suggestions so dumb? First of all, it didn't seem, it's like a no brainer that a lot of those suggestions should have just been thrown out to me anyway. I don't know if that's just it. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't think, I don't know. It was, it was it manufactured that they be yes. in the hotel for the whole night, like accidentally because they're, mm-hmm. they're arguing about where to go. And it, it was one of those things that felt forced in a way that I didn't hate because I like when the team's all together. Like that for me is when True. the show really works. And I thought it was cute. Like it was a little silly and it was to me very Ted Lasso in that way. A little yeah, a little true. cheesy, a little silly, but like in a cute and fun way. And I, I didn't mind the scenes. outcome. Yeah, I definitely didn't mind the outcome. I just was like, these suggestions are trash. <laughs> Everyone needs to take well, that was stock of their of priorities. The problem. He said two hours and then suddenly none of them like half the one didn't want to go anymore. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I really didn't I didn't dislike those scenes at all. It it just felt like we were hopping a lot. We were with the team, then we were with Rebecca by herself, then we were with Ted yeah, by himself, too many. Which, whatever was going on there. The same issue every time. Yeah, which is – that's why I was surprised this. people liked this episode so much. But then that's also why I was like, I think I've talked myself out of liking this. I think I'm focusing on that now instead of just letting it happen. Mm. And I think the rest of the season is – I think it, this is the turning point. I think it goes uphill from here. I think I'm, I so. I'm trying to not be critical going forward, hopefully – and hopefully they don't give me reason to to feel that way, to feel critical. You know what I was really upset about in this episode? Danny did not get to see his tulip. I thought that would have been like a really easy button on that the end of the episode been. as they're driving away. Like to there's see a one single tulip, tulip. Oh, thing. my gosh. Come on. Call Bill Lawrence. Get Jenny in the writer's room. <laughs> get me in there. Um, yeah, between Bill Lawrence and Shonda Rhyme, like I've got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is your application. Um, yeah. It, it was – it was so long. I watched 40 minutes of it on Wednesday night after I got getting back from I don't even remember what. Um, and there was still 25 minutes left when I pressed pause. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. That's always a little bit of a jump scare. Yeah. It was like, and it was 10 p.m., which is my bedtime. So that, yeah, we had to watch it in two parts. And I think that also was part of why mm-hmm. I like didn't love the episode. And that's on me again. I'm, I'll take ownership of that. But why was it so long? Why why was it so long? That's just had to fit in forty thousand plot yeah. lines. I don't know. I have a few more small notes. Okay. Um, when Colin goes into the gay bar and says, "I'll have a beer, please," didn't even say what kind. They don't just have one kind of beer. It cracks me <laughs> up when people do that. I think that's like a, a, in just shows a lot, a beer. shows and movies. Yeah, I totally forgot about the. There's a whole Colin and Trent. Subplot in this episode that's like important that I like didn't even remember, but it was yeah, it was fine. It was cute. It was predictable. It was it was fine. It makes a little bit more sense with the rest of the arc, like the fact that Trent is also like that. That makes a little bit. It ties everything in. Yeah, it still doesn't. It wasn't excuse the first few episodes where (laughs) they they weren't really doing anything with it for me. But I don't know. I did. I had a. This is a, such a small thing, but writing-wise, when he says to Colin, when Trent says to Colin, like, don't you wonder why I haven't published it yet? <laughs> My first thought was, oh, because you're not a piece of shit that outs people? 
Like, right. Because <laughs> you're sorry, a decent person. Not because you're gay, but no, I think the, I think it ended up being predictable, but in a way that like, I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, trans stuff like gay. I just was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. This is how this storyline is going. And that makes sense. Yes. And I was fine with it. I thought it was sweet. Yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm happier with that now. Um, for sure. For Ted, really quickly, it was funny to me to see someone approaching like a tacky American restaurant abroad with such a feeling of tender belonging. I feel like that's what was on his face when he walked into the American restaurant. And I was like, this is so opposite of any person I've ever seen walk into one of these restaurants. Um, So that was mildly funny, uh, but didn't need to be in, in the episode, in my opinion. And then... Um, moving on from that, unless you have anything to say for that, I have two more notes and they're both about Jamie and Roy. Go for it. I keep saying okay. Raimi and Joy. I've like I've mentioned like every <laughs> time I talk about this storyline, I say Raimi and Joy accidentally. Name. And then I like can't <laughs> unsay it. Like my brain gets so stuck. Yeah, I think I guess it is their couple's name. First of all, for granddad. So cute. That was so cute. Do it for granddad. Everything about adorable. them 100% adorable in this episode. Yes. Except that they just freaking stole bikes oh jamie paid a dude to to steal bikes uh yeah which i got my feathers a little ruffled by that i was a little bummed that they just stole bikes um and that was it those are my last notes i had notes written down i just looked at them and we've already covered them basically so i think that's it i yeah i i'm trying to trying to be more optimistic i'm trying not to be a hater i I didn't hate this episode at all. I just I'm ready for it to f- to feel more jointed. If, yes, if something can be disjointed, to gain its can footing. it be jointed in the opposite? I want it. <laughs> I want it to be that. Oh, cohesive. I actually had one random thought. I did. I mm. thought it was funny that at the end, Beard comes out, comes back from like over. He's like in a random car and gets out and hops into the coach bus and he's like bedazzled or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if they did this on purpose, but I thought it was a funny sort of like I don't know what the word would be last season he had a whole episode of his like random night out and people didn't like it I liked it but as a whole like that episode was sort of uh panned and I wondered if this was sort of like a nod to that they're like Beard clearly had some sort of crazy night and we didn't show a single bit of it like they didn't show a Mm -hmm. single scene and then he just shows up in the morning and I like that I liked that I yeah, I also noticed that. I same here. Liked that a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. I I mean, I came away from this episode thinking I enjoyed that more than I have the rest in this season so far. So hopefully uh, yeah, this is I would yeah, say that too. The turning point. Cool. We can agree. I think we can end there. I will also add that we just we didn't watch the finale of Abbott yet and we're behind. Mm. So we will talk about that in our next check-in amongst other things we've been watching. So look out for that and see you then. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 